in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. Welcome to the show. Another Vikings win. Another thrilling game, BG. Vikings knock off the Saints, though, in London, 20, uh, 28 to 25 to move to 3-1. and one. It's been a couple of very rocky performances, inconsistencies. Uh, Kirk Cousins hasn't looked great. The offense has looked really good at times and, and really bad at times. Same with the defense. We haven't seen much out of Daniil Hunter yet. And... Yet again, though, the Vikings find a way to win. It was a double-doink finish in London on a 61-yard attempt uh, that came up just a hair left, I guess, and then hitting the bar twice. But regardless, Vikings are 3-1, and one, and as the old cliche goes, you are what your record says you are, and we are 3-1 and one atop the NFC North, tied with the Packers. BG, your reaction to another shaky but still successful week? Yeah, it was another one of those weeks where you come into the week uh, pretty positive and pretty optimistic with your opponent, the Saints kind of middle of the road, and and then you hear that they're starting quarterback, starting running back, and maybe arguably their top wide receiver are out. And it's still a close game from the beginning to the end, so obviously it's a little disappointing because of that. Um, When you just look at the roster side by side with the guys who are playing on our side and the guys who are playing on their side, it's it's too bad that they were a kick away from forcing the game into overtime. but again, I touched on it last week. I think each week we've learned something new under this young um, Kevin O'Connell coach. It's that, you know, we're, when we're up against adversity so far, we've done pretty well, which is not the way we've done so with Zimmer, where we might have played well in games, but we've found so many ways to lose down the stretch. Or I, I can't remember the number of the games we had last week or last year that was lost or won by single digits. Yep. But it was just about every week that we either won or lost by single digits. And a lot of those games last year, as we know, uh, we ended up losing. And you said it, we're 3-1. I'm, I'm happy with that we're 3-1. and one, But it's I don't know if it is the coaching and the culture that Kevin O'Connell established or just some of those late-game decisions that we don't see. But we're finding a way to win these games uh, like we did against the Lions and now like we did against the Saints for 2-0. and oh. So I'd rather be the, the worst 3-1 and one team than the best 2-2 two and two team. And I think... 3-1 and one with a 2-0 and oh start to the year in the division. You can't ask for much more, especially with one of those wins against the Packers. Um, but I think there's a lot to improve upon, and I really hope that we start to see it because that's kind of what I said last week against, against the Lions, that we've digressed each week since that Packers win in week one. Yep. And I don't know if we digressed any more since the Lions uh, win last week, but we didn't get any better, I thought. So... I'm hoping that we can take these close wins and, and learn upon them and then move forward uh, against the Chicago Bears and dominate the Bears like we should, like we should have against the Saints and probably against the Lions too. But it's, it's victory Monday, can't complain. Exactly, another victory Monday. Uh, you mentioned the coaching and weather, and, and I think there is still a lot to be learned, and we're going to know maybe by week eight or nine uh, what this team is really about if they're going to keep winning these kind of rocky games if they're going to get a little bit better. But I think we'll know a lot more uh, as we get to the midway point. I mean, still, we're only through four weeks. Uh, crazy schedule going out to London and, and all the craziness around whether the team flew out on Monday or whether they flew out. Ultimately, they decided to go on Thursday. 
and they got the win, so it worked out. I don't really know how much that all played into it, but the Vikings get the win. And with the coaching aspect, uh, I think they've been way more disciplined, at least in the penalties, uh, in the special teams, the little things that we were terrible at last year and in the last couple of years under Zimmer. You mentioned the number of losses in one-score games. I think last year it was almost double digits. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but we lost a ton of one-score games and a ton of those games going back and forth at the wire with the Vikings finding the wrong side uh, on the scoreboard at the end of it all. But uh, again, it was very similar to the Vikings in previous years and in previous weeks already this season where there's they're overcoming mistakes that they're in, inflicting on themselves. They're not always forced errors. Uh, and, and so if that continues in, into the midpoint of the season, then I think we have serious cause for concern. But where we sit right now through four four weeks, we're, we're three and one. They've had a couple of rocky games, but both of them, they've been able to find uh, the right side of the scoreboard at the end of the day. And the special teams have been way, way better than, than in previous years. So all their credit in the world to uh, KOC and his staff. Matt Daniels is head of special teams. Uh, but a big week for the special teams. The punter has been insane. Ryan Wright had a big couple of big punts on Sunday morning. And obviously then the uh, the fake punt when he threw the pass uh, to, uh, it wasn't Rager, was it? It was... Uh, Naylor, Jalen Naylor. Yep, Naylor, exactly. Uh, and then Greg Joseph, obviously he was big. He missed the extra point uh, that required that field goal at the end, but he was 5 of 5 at the end of the day, 47-yarder uh, with 24 seconds left in the game to give us uh, ultimately what was the game-winning kick. Um, the offense had some issues, a lot of drops, a couple of big ones. I mean, you could argue whether that drop from Justin Jefferson is more Kirk's fault or more J.J.'s fault at the end of the day. J.J. got two hands on it. He's got to come down with that ball. Um, but a couple of other issues, penalties not being one of them for the most part. Uh, I think the Vikings are the second least penalized team in the league uh, through four weeks, and that's including like the one or two delay of games they get every week. So that's something they need to fix. Uh, but I think we're in a good spot right now. We're 3-1. and one. There's so many things to fix, and we're getting these wins that are, are very sloppy, uh, but I think it gives our team a lot of reason to show up to work on Monday or Tuesday. I imagine it's Tuesday this week, give them an off day after the international trip, but they've shown up to work with a lot of reasons uh, to get better and plenty of drive, hopefully, to continue to improve um, on the season. Randy, did you watch any of the London game? You probably weren't even awake yet. I was watching uh, the Singapore Grand Prix, uh, Formula One, (laughs) Um, but during a rain delay, I uh, hopped over quick um, and was thoroughly surprised to see uh, the red white rifle himself uh, holding his own. But man, was his beard looking great. I mean, if I would have known that that his beard was going to be looking that great, I might have not have taken the Vikings minus two and a half. And his still, hair was still looking was great. His hair, everything yeah. about it. He was like Renaissance man, Andy Dalton. Yeah. And that tweet I, we were talking about before, I don't know if you saw it, Andy, but it was like a, a little clip of Jameis and Andy Dalton standing on the sideline, like kind of just like looking around the stadium, pointing that stuff, looking all goofy, uh, at least for Jameis. And I was like, they should be in a detective cop show together in Britain, like trying to understand the culture and stuff. Genius. But those those two. I, and honestly, I think the uh, the Saints might be better, at least as an overall football team, week in and week out with Andy Dalton. Jameis is so erratic. You have no idea what you're going to get out of him. So I'm like – on just a, a random plug-and-play game in London, and you might have a better chance to win with Andy Dalton. And I know they're missing Kamara and Michael Thomas, but I don't know. I don't. I don't have very high 
regards for Jameis Winston, although he's very fun and entertaining to watch. Exactly. They, they might be better with Andy Dalton, but I will much rather watch a game with Jameis Winston at quarterback than Andy Dalton. He's chucking the ball 40 times. <laughs> he's putting it up in quadruple coverage like he did that other week where mm-hmm. Mark, I think it was Callaway, had that one-handed grab in the end zone. But, yep. yeah, I mean, I know we, we came on here like every, last year at the end of every Vikings game, and we'd look back at what went wrong. And I think just talking about now makes me think of how many – drive killing penalties we had last year um which like holding or false start is really next to nothing compared to this year although it's early to last year and those are such a killer drive when we're not built for those big plays and passing on all three downs like some teams are um i saw a stat that we haven't been flagged for offensive holding or defensive pass interference this whole year yet um yep we've had a good amount of defensive holdings but it's pretty remarkable that offensive holding we haven't. We've got a rookie guard, Ed Ingram, in there and a couple guys back um, who are healthy. So it, it's good to see um, that. And, again, it goes back to Kevin O'Connell and the way he coaches guys and gets them prepared um, for the week. One thing I think we still got to improve on that we we definitely didn't this past weekend and did not do a good job of against Detroit is converting in the red zone. Um, the past couple of years for the Vikings, it hasn't really seemed to be a problem for us. Um Moving the ball up and down the field was more of an issue, but when we got to the red zone, we had a good touchdown percentage. And so far this year, I mean, five field goals against the Saints and Detroit, it's a close game. Would not have been a close game if we convert half of our trips down there to touchdowns. And we've got the best receiver in the NFL, one of the best running backs, the top receiver trio possibly in the NFL, and we can't get it in. So I don't know if it's a scheme thing or – like you said, bad pass to Jefferson, but Jefferson's got to catch that one. The drop by Johnny Munt, there's another yep. touchdown right there. But um, it's we're just kicking ourselves when these should be 20-point victories and we're biting our nails till the end. Yep, and some of it's on Kirk, too. I mean, the interception in the second quarter, uh, I believe that was to Honey Badger. Um, yep. But, I mean, there, there's just a few moments, and we've kind of seen the old Kirk pop back up where it's just like these bonehead plays, uh, and they're not – every drive and he's been brilliant at the end of games uh, I mentioned the UBG before we started his his game winning drives I mean he's been incredible the last two weeks uh, in, in those moments and even against the Packers there was a few moments later in the game in the second half where we had to eat some clock we had to go get a field goal or get a touchdown and, and there he, he's been there every time at the end of games and credit to him in the offensive line uh, and I think the tackles for the most part have been pretty good they were not so good on Sunday I think it was uh, Brian O'Neill who gave up a couple of sacks and he had a, maybe one penalty, I, w- I believe, a false start, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but he did not have a good PFF grade uh, this week. There, so I was okay on the PFF, and I don't know how much we trust that either. Randy's uh, Randy doesn't believe that <laughs> quite as much, but I, I think I still got some, some reason to believe PFF. But anyway, a lot of things to fix, and I, and I think we're at a good spot at 3-1 and one with a lot of things to work on and hopefully a hungry football team that wants to keep getting better, and that starts next week against the Bears. Um, other things to talk about from the London game, Lewis Seen. Uh, we haven't mentioned him yet, but the first-round draft pick from uh, uh, last April down out for the year with a fractured ankle, I believe, is the – and if you've seen the video on Twitter, it's a gruesome injury. Uh, his ankle completely snapped. Uh, he is still in London. He got surgery. He's uh, scheduled for surgery actually tomorrow, today, When by the time this comes out. Uh, but he did not take the team flight home. 
stayed an extra couple of days in London to get surgery and then to come back, but he will be out for the season. So certainly a big loss for that Vikings secondary. Fortunately for the Vikings, safety is probably their deepest position other than receiver, at least on the defensive side. They're very deep at the safety position. So you got a lot of talent there still, and hopefully you can get some guys to step up, but big time injury for the Minnesota Vikings secondary. Yeah, it's obviously too bad. And we were talking about him last week that he's doing a good job on special teams and he was going to get more and more time as the season went along. So it's too bad that he had to go down with an injury this early into his career and for it to be a season-ending injury. And I think it was a compound fracture Mm -hmm. from what I heard, like bone sticking out. Um, I didn't get it to see a still picture, thankfully. But, yeah, Yeah. just totally unfortunate. Um, But like you said, or. Andrew Bynum or Cam Bynum. Cam Bynum. I think he's yep. he's a great safety we have. Um, and we'll, we'll move guys around and, and make it work. But, yeah, I, I'm excited to play Chicago. I think this is where we really put our foot down back at home. Um, we're just talking about it. We're seven-point favorites, which is the, the largest spread we've had so far this year. We should really bring it to them. They're not a good football team. And I'm hoping that now we take our progression. We've learned what we've learned from Philly, Detroit, and Saints, and just bring it to those Bears. Yep. Uh, just one more thing on PFF. The fifth highest rated tackle in the NFL is Christian Derrissaw at a 78.1 rating, but behind Tunsil, uh, Trent Williams, Rashawn Slater, and Andrew Thomas, that's the top four. Derrissaw ranked fifth. Uh, so a lot of things to be positive about, but also a lot of things to work on. Randy, any thoughts on the Packers? They got another win, 3-1. and one. Uh, it was kind of ugly. A I, win I is a win, you know. Yeah, in you, overtime, you, too. You never know. You never know what's going to happen when when Bailey Zappe uh, gets thrown at you, uh, and the Packers didn't know what the hell to do. Mm-hmm. Did, I think my the, my favorite part of the game was I don't know how much y'all watched it, but uh, for most of the second half, uh, Belichick had six offensive linemen. Yeah, to protect because well, one of their tight ends went down. Right. I think it was. It was partially that and partially because they wanted to run the ball and they wanted to protect. Because like, they knew that the Packers were just going to be blitzing the hell out of them. And it wasn't, a, it got them to overtime. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, um, it, it, it was, they did it for like a play or two. And I was like, this is, this is odd. And then they just, the thing it worked and Belichick was like, screw it. Let's, yeah. let's keep six <laughs> offensive linemen in. <laughs> I watched the game and I remember, I can't, I can't remember who went down, but one of the tight ends went down, and Romo uh, made note was, of it. Was uh, Jonu? Was it, uh, yeah, yeah, Jonu John, John Smith, Smith yeah. exactly. And Romo made note of it because they said he only came into the game. The Patriots did with two tight ends yeah. active for the week, and they're a team that runs a lot yeah. of two tight end sets. So one of their tight ends goes down. Boom! You're down to one tight end. What are you going to do? Yeah, I, I think they the were running was, those that six uh, offense alignment set though before he got really? okay. before he got out. Yeah, it was it was after Zappe. Yeah. Zappy came in. Zappy. 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 That's what Nance was saying, at least, I think. If Jim Nance says it, then it has to be correct. But, no, I mean, the Packers got to win. And Rodgers threw his second career pick six at Lambeau Field. Oh, at At Lambeau Lambeau Field. Fourth. And and then his first one was, like, his rookie season, I think maybe against the Vikings. Yeah, so you got to ask the question, is Aaron Rodgers on the hot seat? (laughs) I don't know. Jordan Love starting next week. (laughs) I mean, it's – like, he's – we're a run first team, and uh, our running backs are so good, and our receivers will see to figure out how to catch the ball. But it is encouraging that Rodgers seems to be more willing to trust his, like especially Romeo Dobbs. Um, yep. 
uh, with, I mean, Dobbs dropped that deep ball uh, towards the end of the game that probably would have sealed the deal for the Packers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, and then, and then Dobbs got, what, what I thought was kind of the play that stuck out to me was Dobbs, uh, Dobbs and Rodgers connected on a back shoulder throw that was Devontae-esque where, what made Devontae and Rodgers so special was, you know, it, it was like the, the way that they ran the back shoulder is if, the cornerback is 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 running with you. It's back shoulder at a certain you know at a certain point, and if you've got the the cornerback beat, then it's going over the top. And to have that the connection on both sides of the ball, quarterback and receiver. I mean, it took Devontae and Rogers years to 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 get that, and to see uh, see Romeo Dobbs complete that um, to get him down into the red zone was was an encouraging sign for Packers players. Yeah, it'd be awesome if Kirk and Jefferson could get that same chemistry it's, going because it's unguardable. You're, that, you're open every shoulder. single time. Yeah, it's and, and Jefferson is talented enough for sure. If you're on I, that same page, you're all going to be open. Yeah. I think it comes it, a part of it comes down to arm strength. I don't know if Kirk has arm strength to you know it's almost like throwing a deep out basically that that you just have to slant. But I mean, a win's a win. We're on to London and the uh, the New York Football Giants. Yep, another. Uh, Pretty bad opponent. We'll see what you guys can do with these guys. <laughs> well, what are the Giants? Three and one. They yeah, are, but they're yeah. not. I don't think they're good. I don't think they're good either. <laughs> they, they beat the terrible Bears. Uh, Saquon Barkley is good though. He's, Saquon uh, is looking he's, good. He is looking yeah. good. But I don't think they're a good football team. Oh, especially they don't, Dimes have, they don't little, have wide receivers. Danny no. Dimes is a little hurt too. Questionable right now. Yep. Obviously only Monday, but either way, it's the Giants. Yep. Uh, other news, I guess, kind of going away from NFL now in the Big Ten West. The, the Gophers, clearly the big news. The, the Big Ten West, I think, is the big news overall. Gophers <laughs> losing, but also Wisconsin losing and firing their head coach, uh, Paul Chris. We'll start with that. Very surprising, I would say. I mean, what have they won? Eight or nine games every year of his last. I don't know what he's been in the coach for eight Besides years. the COVID year, they haven't. Besides lost. the they, COVID they haven't, year, they haven't, four and three the COVID year. Yeah, I think their his lowest win total is eight wins. Was eight wins. Yeah, oh. uh, they let him go. I think p- maybe part of it due to the fact that they lost to Illinois and Brett Bielema. Maybe not, uh, but certainly an interesting talking point. I, I think, I think they. I saw a tweet that said they won the Big Ten West twice. They did. Um, he was like sixty-seven and twenty-two. He was one win away from tying Brett Bielema for all-time wins. For all-time wins. For second place for all-time wins, and, oh. and lost to Brett, Brett Bielema, wow. <laughs> who who maintained his throne. And maybe some of it had to do with the fact that Barry Alvarez was who's the longtime AD, former football coach for the Badgers. Uh, I think loved and hated by many Wisconsin people. He's a very polarizing figure. But anyway, he was the one who hired Paul Christ. He stepped down, I want to say, 21 or 22, or I think 21 or 20. He, the the rumors are he still has sways up. I'm bit sure of, he does. Wait, okay. in that athletic department. Okay. He's not like day-to-day So maybe things, not then, but, but, but yeah. he's still no longer the AD. Uh, and he was the one who hired Chris. So I don't know. Could be a couple of things going on there, but I, very surprising, I would say. I think it's 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 one of two things. I think uh, Lance is it Lance Leopold, the Kansas Kansas coach. Um, I'll check. I think um, he, uh, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Lance Leopold. He got his uh, kind of made his name as a coach at UW Whitewater uh, D two mm. school um, and won a bunch D3. of D three school. Yep, and won a bunch of D three 
championships before going to uh, Buffalo, I believe, a group of five school, and now he's 5-0 and at Kansas. He's from Wisconsin, coach of Wisconsin, his return Wisconsin, and he's going to be a hot ticket. So maybe they feel like if they fire him early, it gives them a chance before like a Nebraska comes in. And, and and picks him up. And the other one, the other uh, uh, other rumor I've heard is that um, Jim uh, Leonard is that is that his name? I it's I think it's Jim Leonard, their interim head coach, who was a oh. former Badger player. He's only like 38, 39 years old. Played in the NFL for a decade. Only been a coach for five years. Only coach at Wisconsin. Been the defensive coordinator the past couple of years. Uh, apparently lots of teams have wanted to interview him for defensive coordinator jobs at big, big blue blood schools. And then he's gotten some looks for head coach at smaller schools or, or I should say still power five schools, but but lesser power five programs. And if you're worried that you're not going to be able to keep him, then, you know, you give him the reins right now. Um, and, and reportedly it's his dream job. So, um, you know, the bad, yeah, the Badgers is his dream job. So wow. I think, like, if you know you're going to fire him at the end of the year, you might as well just fire him now, Paul Chris, that is, and make sure that you're giving yourself all the options available when it comes to coaching, especially with a Nebraska job out there. Um, I mean, Colorado's opened up now, but I don't know how how many people want the Colorado job. Um, but yeah, it's um, very unlike Wisconsin football, though, or Wisconsin athletics. The last coach to be fired men's basketball or football was Stan Van Gundy back in mm. 1990, I believe. So mm. they uh, they don't like to fire their head coaches in, in the two uh, money-making programs. Interesting. Uh, last thing, I saw a tweet. I, I think he uh, it was Bo Pelini at Nebraska. Mm. He was fired at like 68 and 23 from Nebraska uh, back in 2014. One, he was one, one win more than he, Paul Chris. Uh, he was fired after Nebraska beat Iowa in overtime. And the last time that Iowa had a losing record, I think we went like four and eight that year. And the athletic director for Nebraska said we had to evaluate where Iowa was as a program. Um, Nebraska hasn't beaten Iowa since then. Um, and the next year, or the, the, the next three years, Iowa didn't have, um, I think Iowa didn't have more than three losses in a season. Um, so... It's, I mean, it's, it goes both ways. If, if, if you know you're done with the guy, then you're done with the guy. Um, but sometimes you, you know, you pull the trigger too early. And yeah, I mean, it's, I think if you look, awesome. at, if you look at recruiting classes, Wisconsin's taken a dip the past couple of years, they changed up their offense um, going into this year, kind of moving away from that traditional Wisconsin power style of football. And it just hasn't worked for them. Um, so I think, I think Chris knew that he was on the hot seat and was trying to make some moves. Um, just didn't work out for him. He'll get a job somewhere else, though. Yeah, and a tweet I saw too. Last last thing on Wisconsin, they uh, the Badgers have been in contact with Iowa State's Matt Campbell, uh, and I guess he's going to be in Madison uh, this morning. By the time this comes out, I uh, I, I don't think so we'll I don't think those reports are I don't think those reports are true. You don't think that's true? No, I they would Matt Campbell wouldn't. Um, it'd be really odd for a current head coach. To mid-season, that's what I thought. Leave yeah. mid-season. Well, where, where is your information coming from? Uh, <laughs> oh, Dan.com. Uh, let's let's do a little Twitter scroll on here. Yeah. Uh, but let's also jump over to the while we while we fact check this. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's jump change over. the subject. Will we fact check this? Let's <laughs> jump over to Purdue 
And Minnesota, the Gophers losing again on homecoming. They've really struggled in that homecoming position, but it was a 20 to 10 loss to the Purdue spoiler makers in this case. Uh, Tanner Morgan, three interceptions, no touchdowns, and the Minnesota moving company and the rushing attack just 47 yards on 26 carries, one touchdown for Bryce Williams. And the, and the big news coming out of this game, no Mo Ibrahim. Uh, he was a healthy scratch, I guess you would say, um, as he didn't, uh, he didn't show up on the injury report, and he was suited up but never actually saw the field. Regardless, Gophers lose first loss of the season, 4-1. Overall, one and one in the Big Ten West, tied with what is the entire conference tied at one and one, Andy? I believe that's the case. But yes, me, uh, everyone except check. Nebraska, I believe. Did Nebraska beat Indiana? Everybody but Wisconsin. Well, Wisconsin, uh, that's rather. right. Yep. Wisconsin zero and two in the conference. I think Illinois is actually is Northwestern, no, Northwestern is technically Nebraska, first. Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota, and Iowa all one and one. Uh, Purdue is first. And Northwestern's first. Northwestern's first, yep. yes. They are ranked, they are uh, at least listed All first. the tiebreakers for two two yeah. games in the Big Ten. But. Yep. Northwestern, one and four overall. One and one in the conference <laughs> in atop the Big Ten West they haven't, two weeks Northwestern, conference play. Northwestern hasn't won in the United States this year. Really? Oh, Their yeah, only they, win is against in, Nebraska. In Dublin. In, in Dublin. Huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, looking at that now, uh, I, I don't think the Matt Campbell going yeah. there. Okay. I, not look like, I couldn't find anything. I, I wouldn't be like... like <laughs> Dan Palm 69 is where that tweet was from. <laughs> Wisconsin does make more sense, I think, for Campbell than than a Nebraska. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it would be it would be at the end of the season. And if they're willing to pay at least $10 million reports to buy out Paul Christ, they'll dole out I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the next coach at Wisconsin gets a $50 million contract right out of the gates. Yeah, that's what you got to do these days to keep a coach there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and maybe the Gophers, <laughs> I guess after the loss, maybe not as much, but <laughs> everybody keeps throwing PJ's name in there for jobs and stuff, so uh, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, the Gophers do lose. BG, did you get to see the game? I did, yeah. Not much to say. Um, it was just a bad game. Um with or without Mo Ibrahim, it's a game that we should definitely win. It's We were talking to it before we recorded. It's really stupid that they don't announce it before the game like the NFL has to, uh, just for betting purposes. Um, it, it sucked because of that. But yeah, and, I mean, and, we. And to not just not announce that he's not going to play, but to have him suit up as well and stand on the sidelines with a helmet on the <laughs> yeah, whole game. It's like, not like he was in shoulder pads on the bench. He was standing behind the coach with a helmet you, on the you whole know, game. You know that that was planned too, right? Like, you know that Flack had no intention of playing him. And it was yeah. like, you know what? We're going we're gonna to try to dupe. Yeah, dupe, it's, dupe it's just like boys. Caruso, where you switch jersey numbers throughout the season <laughs> so that they're watching you on, on the field and they're thinking of a different guy. But um, yep. yeah, it was, it's super disappointing. Um, we have a great backup running back, Trey Potts. We have a seventh-year quarterback and some really good receivers. It's a team that we should beat. Uh, we couldn't get our run game going against them. We turned to the pass game, which was pretty good, but it's just it's too bad um, that we couldn't beat Purdue Boilermakers. We had that Brown Stevens running back um, in the end zone drop that wide-open pass and ultimately get picked off, Yep, which is a huge swing there. If you make that catch, you're not. we might not be having this discussion now, but – if you want to be that team that's going to win the Big Ten West, and although that doesn't mean much or as much as years past this year, um, if you want to be 11-1, and one, whatever it's going to be, you you got to execute and make those catches. So, yeah, don't want to spend too much time on it, but it's just a tough one, obviously. 
18 catchers for 18 catches for go for receivers, 257 yards through the air. So they had, I mean, and Purdue was just stacking the box. They were putting eight, nine guys in there every single time. They were selling out to stop the run. And at the end of the day, a couple of drops, the the huge interception you mentioned in the end zone, that was in the second half. I mean, that changes the the entire complex of that game. Uh, but disappointing to say the least for the Gophers. They still have a very winnable schedule and I see no reason why they can't beat almost everybody else on their schedule the rest of the season Andy I I, I will say for for all Big Ten West fans I think the the possibilities out there just given the I don't know if it's mediocrity college football or if NIL is starting to kind of level the playing field right with like in between NIL and then transfers being to play instantly we have like Adrian Martinez coming in and making a uh, impact. Michael Penix um, at Washington going in and making an impact. But the Rose Bowl is not a college football playoff game this year, and I think there's a possibility that Michigan and Ohio State, if their only losses this season are to to each other, that both of them make the playoff, and the winner, the Big Ten West winner, um, ends up in the Rose Bowl. So yeah. I mean, I think that's. Um, I mean, you might be eight and four and going to the Rose Bowl. I mean, maybe they take like a Penn State, depending on how Penn State finishes. Right. Um, I still think Penn State isn't isn't for real. Yeah. Um, we'll but I think three weeks. I think if, if you're a Big Ten West team, I think it, there's a possibility that you win the West and you get to a Rose Bowl. So still something to still something to look forward to New Year's six wise uh, out West. A lot to look forward to and especially when we've talked about it all season. But when you, you have no Michigan, no Ohio State on the schedule you have to take advantage of that. It's Illinois. It's Penn State in three weeks. Illinois home is a, against Rutgers. Illinois is a tough team. Illinois is they, tough, and they, it's at Illinois. They, and, and yeah, they they run they run the ball yeah. so well. And we'll see how that Gopher defense holds up. They they did force three turnovers on Saturday. They did. I, I thought enough to keep us in that football game, mm-hmm. and it was just the offense laying us down. But eleven o'clock at Illinois on Saturday, and then at Purdue in a tough game. But then it, it's home against Rutgers. It's at Nebraska. <clears throat> it's home against Northwestern, home against Iowa, and then at Wisconsin to end things the day, two days after Thanksgiving. Still a, a very, very doable schedule, I think, to win at least 10 games. Uh, and if they take care of business, like you think they should, like the talent they have on this team, it's, and Andy, you mentioned before we started recording, but PJ's thing in, back in 2019 was, hey, we're still the, the youngest team in the Big Ten, and we're the sixth youngest team in the country, and we have X amount of freshmen and X amount of sophomores playing. Uh, but but now they're one of the oldest teams in college football, and it's time to start reaping what you've sown into this football team with P.J. Fleck for the last uh, six seasons. I think this is mm-hmm. a sixth season mm-hmm. yep. uh, with P.J. Fleck. So it's time to start putting your money where your mouth is, P.J., and we better see uh, a whole bunch more wins in, in games that you should win, especially games at home like I said, next two weeks on the road. But then when you come home for that three out of four games at home against teams you should beat, uh, you need to win those football games. We'll see what happens the rest of the season. Can I uh, can I take a moment to acknowledge a one-year anniversary? Go for it. Uh, so one, one year ago today, October 3rd, 2021, uh, Iowa football, uh, 62 AP voters and 65 coaches – thought that Iowa football was the number three team in the country. Mm. Uh, The combined record of Iowa's three marquee wins up to that date, uh, Penn State, 
uh, was Penn State, Indiana, and Iowa State finished the season a combined 16 and 22. <laughs> uh, and Iowa has been dog shit since then. So, I mean, it, this kind of loops back to conversation with the. I guess if you listen, if you were able to listen to last week, last week's pod, <laughs> um, but was. you know how like preseason rankings are horseshit. I mean, right? Yeah. Like, like Michigan State being ranked so high, Notre Dame being ranked so high. Like, there's just so much shuffling around. Like, it really isn't until the first week of November and that college football playoff ranking comes out where I feel like the top twenty-five is. Uh, actually top 25 and yep. and I think that's the the best way to do it um, I mean following the BCS model where the BCS model didn't come out till probably two-thirds of the way through the season but I don't think we're gonna know you know who the top 25 teams who even the top five teams in the country are like I still don't believe in Clemson to to, to be a good football team throughout the year um, I, I think the only teams you trust right now are Alabama Georgia Michigan and Ohio, and Ohio State, State. And like after that, I think like they're I think on such a tier above yeah. everybody else that. And I don't even know yeah. if Michigan's quite on that tier, but yeah, continue. I mean Michigan, Michigan, Michigan's running game is is really really good. I mean they've and and, and they've they've got a, a new quarterback who's still kind of finding his stride. Um, I mean they beat Iowa, which is, I mean, I Iowa held them to twenty points basically until kind of the end when like they gave up a touchdown at the end that was kind of a garbage time touchdown when you're overselling on the run. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think Michigan and Ohio state both, like I said, I think they both can make the college football playoff this year. Um, and we're not going to know who the best teams in the country are, um, you know, till November and, and on it, like the ACC is known ACC coastal. I think it is. Um, they had a, they had a string. I think, I think it might've ended last year where they had, like seven years in a row where all seven teams, different teams in the ACC Coastal won the Coastal, those like those in a seven-year span. Um, and like if the Big Ten West, if everyone goes, what do we play, like like four and four in the Big Ten? Like if everyone ends up four and four in the Big Ten and we have a tiebreaker palooza in, in November, I don't think, I don't know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if you all would be surprised. After last week, I think anything yeah. can happen now. Um, before then, I was more confident, obviously, but it just goes to show the Big Ten, it's just like it is in basketball. I think any Big Ten team can really beat any Big Ten team, maybe with the exception of Ohio State mm-hmm. and possibly Michigan. Pick segment? Let's, let's do, do it. it. All righty, let's hop right into it. Uh, last week, well, we can tally up the, the standings here live. So we all pushed on the Ravens-Bills game uh, it was a minus three Bills line. Bills won by three. Um, Randy had the Vikings as well as myself. BG, you and Parker tripled down at minus 13 for Minnesota. Uh, they squeaked out the three-point win. So that triple down did not work. So that's three losses uh, right there. So try to keep I'll, – I'll just write this down as we go. 0-3 for BG in that <laughs> one. Uh, and 0-3 in Parker uh, for Parker on that one as well. Next game was the Chiefs at the Bucks. Chiefs won by ten points. It was a plus. It was a minus one. I think it was a pick'em game line. Uh, I had that plus one for whatever okay. reason. Okay, yeah, it might, I, I think, I think it moved to a pick'em when by the end of the week. Way. Randy, myself, and BG all hit that one. Uh, Parker had the Bucks, so I'm gonna do the tallies after. I can't. Thank you. Did we get Zach's out. picks? Did he pick last week? Or Zach no? did pick. I haven't put him okay. in yet, but I have it on that text. So I'll, I'll yeah. add them all up after, okay. and I'll throw it into the end of the episode. Um, 
Dolphins and Bengals. Uh, it was the Dolphins minus six. Randy, myself, and Parker all took the Dolphins. BG, you had the Bengals. They won the football game, and you're the only winner on that one. I Again, Zach, don't have his picks in here. Uh, last game of the week was Oklahoma State and Baylor. Oklahoma State was minus two. Randy, you took them um, and, and won that bet. Myself, Parker, and BG all had Baylor. They did not cover. I think, I, think Baylor was, I think Baylor was the favorites in that game. Uh, and, not uh, according to what I have written down here. <laughs> who, At the time of the, the score recording, that it was Oklahoma State minus two. Um, let's check the score. I think they won them by a couple touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mike Gundy and them boys. Um, let's see here. Well, my thing's not loading right now, but okay. Yeah, I checked either. it already. We can we can double check at the end, but I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm just they, curious. They uh they won by a couple of teeter pops. Uh, anyway, it was 36-25 uh, Oklahoma State. There you go. Anyway, moving on to this week, BG. I do believe you're still atop the leaderboard, even with that uh, <laughs> triple down that triple down out. loss. Because I had the triple down last week. Randy could be uh, a top two. I'll I'll add it in at the end once I add all the standings up but for this week we have the vikings hosting the bears vikings opened at minus seven bg we'll start with you who are you liking that one well and let's keep in mind it's a new month so a new opportunity to triple down um yes it is very true that'd be a very big spread if i did it now i'll go with the it's minus seven yep so you have to win by eight i'll go with the vikings spread um i think seven points is a lot and against the bears as we've known anything can really happen against them this is a really bad Bears team, though, so I'll take the Vikings spread. Randy? I think, well, let me look at the, have the Bears lost by more than a touchdown this year? I felt like they've kept every game close. They might have lost by they, a couple touchdowns to the Packers, but That's I right, they believe, lost by a couple touchdowns. I believe everything else has been pretty close. Now, granted, they played a they pretty played bad. They played the Texans and the Giants. They played the Texans the Giants. And, and they played in the in the mud against, uh, the, against, Niners, the, Niners, against the Niners. And not against Jimmy G. And against the Trey Lance Niners, which I think yeah. is quite a bit worse than the Jimmy I, G. Seven points, it's a division game. Um, I'll take the Bears plus seven. Yeah, I'm going to go against my typical betting trends. I probably always pick the Vikings. I'm going with the Bears. I think it's a field goal game, uh, and I hope it's the Vikings at the very end kicking a field goal. I'd love us to blow them out, but just don't see it happening right now. All right, next game, it's the Giants and the Packers in London. The Packers are minus 7.5 BG. Who do you like? I will go – I'll go Giants. Uh, I'll think they'll lose by a touchdown or cover that at least. Packers really did not look at – Good at all, and the Giants are better than a Patriots Mac Jones list team, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the difference in Lambo this weekend was the pick six at the end of the day. Uh, the Packers outgained, they held the Patriots to 276 yards of total offense. We've racked up almost 500 yards of total offense. Um, I think that pick six at the end of the day just made that game, I mean, got, brought the game to overtime and, and made the game way closer than, than the box score said. But I still, I think. After that, that result for the uh, the Vikes this week, and I think I'm gonna have to take seven and a half. Weird things happen when you travel nine overseas. And nine and a half. Yep. Okay, you said seven and a half. Oh, you said seven I said. And yeah, oh, I'm yep. gonna say nine and a oh, half. Oh, nine and a half. That's Hell what yeah. you guys told me before we started. Anyway. Yeah, I think that's right. I'll still go. Sorry. With, so I'll yeah. still go with the Giants then. Yeah, um, I'll take the Giants. I'm gonna take the Giants as well. Do we know when the Packers are flying out? Uh, I believe Thursday. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm sticking with the Giants. What about the know. Giants? Yeah, I don't Do know. We know that. No. I do not. No idea. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Cowboys at the Rams. Rams are minus four and a half. BG, who do you like? 
I'll take I'll take the Rams. Cooper Rush, his undefeated streak has got to come to an end at some point. I think he's going to lose here and that they're going to cover. I think Cooper Rush continues the streak. I think he's fighting for a job right now. Like if if you're Cooper Rush, you know. So you think is, they win? I think I think I think. Well, what's four, the line? Four and a half. Four, four and a half. half. My triple down, so that would that would have me at it's minus six and a half. Uh, minus by a touchdown. Well, I have it written down as minus four and a half for the Rams. But he's yeah, going yeah. Cowboys. You're, yeah, oh, Cowboys ten point down. swing yeah, minus yeah, yeah. six and a half. Okay. Um. Well, no, it would be um. It would be minus five and a half. Ten points. Yeah, five. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll take. I'll triple down and take Cowboys minus seven and a half. Five and a half. Five and a half. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just I put think, me in a mental uh, twister right there. I think. I think Cooper Rush is playing for a trade right now. Like you I think, think he. Like I think if you're the Commanders, you look at the weapons you have on offense and look at what Cooper Rush is doing with weapons in in a uh, in the Cowboys offense and thinking why can't we trade for for that guy and and give him a shot. In the division, I don't know if the Cowboys trade within the division. Their backup quarterback it would take a hefty haul, but I think Cooper Rush is like, I think both Cooper Rush and if you're the Cowboys, like if if he comes out and beats the Rams next week, do you rush Dak back? Like you got a hot hand, why don't why don't you keep riding with it? If he does that, yeah, I think it's a good question. Yeah, yeah. but Cooper Rush against Aaron Donald, I just think that's going to end badly. Yeah, I don't see that going very well. I think the Cooper Rush magic is kind of run out. I, I like the Rams at home for sure. Bengals at Ravens. Ravens minus three and a half. BG. Yeah, I'll I'll take uh, Ravens three and a half. I think they're a far better team than um, the Bengals, and they just lost to the Bills. Tough game, so I think they're definitely gonna get a win back here. Yep, I like the Ravens as well. I like the Ravens as well. Uh, no offense line for the Bengals. They can't protect Joey B. It's a big issue, I think, for them. Uh, and remains to be seen what they actually turn into this year. But I, I like the Ravens at home, minus three and a half. Last game, it's the college, our college game of the week. It's number eight, Tennessee, at number 25, LSU. LSU at home, three get three points. BG, what do you like? Tennessee at LSU, you said? Yeah. LSU's favorite three points? Uh, nope. Tennessee is minus three. LSU plus three. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tennessee. That's who I want to win the game, just to see a, a new team kind of do well this season. LSU is on the way out, I think, even though they just got into the top 25. But I'll go with Tennessee. Hendon Hooker is really, really good. The, the Volunteers quarterback, I think they blow the doors off at uh, Death Valley. All right, I'm going to be a contrarian here. I'll go LSU at home in the points. I don't like three. I wish it was like three and a half or something, but mm-hmm. I'll take LSU at home. Why not? Uh, any final thoughts um, for next week, for last week? We got the NBA season rapidly approaching by the time this comes out Tuesday morning. Yep. Um, if you're listening to it at night, you can switch the TV on and watch the Timberwolves in their first preseason game. But October 19th, I believe it is, the first game against the Thunder. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited for the season to begin, especially with what the Wolves are putting together on their roster this year. should be a really fun one. Yeah, we got uh, NBA season and the hockey season. I think NHL starts in a couple weeks as well. Preseason's yeah. already started. started. It's yeah. almost the best time of the year sports-wise yeah. where everything is going on. College yeah. basketball is going to sneak up on us in yep. about four weeks, I think. Yep. Yeah. Wild played a exhibition game in Milwaukee two nights ago, 
and it was sold out. I saw it. Nuts. <laughs> That's awesome. Just absolutely nuts. So lots to look forward to. Good time of the year. And the weather has been beautiful in Minnesota the last week or so. And it looks like it's going to continue. So we got some great fall weather and some hopefully great football ahead of us. Folks, let's go watch Monday Night Football game. And uh, we'll hopefully see you all next week if I get the episode published. <laughs> Another turning point of folks stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question but a lesson learned in time. It's something unpredictable, but in the end that's right. I hope you have the time of your life. And still frames in your mind Hanging on a shelf and good up and good times Tattoos of memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable In the end that's right I hope you have the time of your life That was awesome, guys. That was, that was awesome. That whistle part was really good. Thank that you. Was-